Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross at Managing Editor, FightfulWrestling.com. Go over there and get all of your wrestling news. We're publishing dozens of stories a day. We have a great news team in the form of uh, Jeremy Lambert and Andrew Thompson and myself who keep you up to date on everything. Joe Holbert covering Raw tonight. We're going to talk about Raw tonight. In case you guys missed it, right off the bat, I want to let you guys know about a new podcast we're doing. Kristen Ashley of Diva Dirt is leading uh, a podcast called The Division. It's up on our podcast platforms, iHeart, Spotify, iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, all that good stuff. It's up there now. It's about women's wrestling. The first two guests are Joe Soriano from Daily DDT and Mr. Warren Hayes. You know him from Fightful Select. It's been getting a lot of positive reception from from uh, readers, viewers to wrestlers alike. We've, we've had a couple of them reach out and speak about it. So check it out. Uh, Kristen's doing a lot of great stuff with Diva Dirt. And now she's doing a lot of great stuff with us as well. So make sure you guys check that out. Also, if you want to do your boys at Fightful and girls at Fightful a solid, head over to iTunes. I didn't realize how important, even if you all don't listen on iTunes, that iTunes reviews are. Uh, if you all don't mind, leave us a nice review over there. It, w- it would mean a lot. And it goes a long way in helping the growth of Fightful. Someone who's helped the growth of Fightful is one Alex Palowski. Alex, who who I plucked from doing measly old main event write-ups. It's but true. they were but they were inspired, goddammit. Inspired. And they got you a job here. And three years later, here we are, still talking Monday Night Raw. Yeah. Yeah, we we, we sure are. we sure are also uh guys lots of stuff went up on fightful select this week Uh, that's the most direct way to support us uh royal rumble 1988 retro review my q a podcast the fightful report that's got all kinds of exclusives in it mr warren hayes's reviews also uh warren and Kristen did an nxt uk takeover blackpool review that's up to you know we got podcasts like we got like 45 podcasts a month. It's it's unbelievable the amount of content we have. So leave us a thumbs up here. Subscribe. Let people know about us. We are a very independent site. We're not buying followers. We're not buying likes on Facebook. We're not 
doing that type of stuff. So your support is crucial. We got Raw to talk about, Alex. And I told you a little bit of stuff off the air that I'll, I'll kind of get into on on this show. But I, I want to know from, from start to finish, as it encapsulates everything, what did you think of this Raw, which is, what, the fourth or fifth in the, the quote-unquote new era? Well, um, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I think I'm the last guy um, who's still a Braun believer, even after last week. Uh, so I'm waiting to see what they do with him if they're taking him out of this match. I mean, it may be that his elbow wasn't right yet, and if that's fine, if that's if that's true, fine. Um, uh, there's a lot of stuff that are, that is positive in here, and a lot of stuff that just makes you scratch your head and go, "What in the hell are you thinking?" But that's, I know that, that's an episode of Raw, though, kind of. <laughs> and that's pretty much what started off the show, the Braun Strowman situation. Now I know that Dave Meltzer before. Raw had said this was always the plan. Uh, if it was, WWE wrestlers and people backstage did not know. There were internal documents pushing forward the plan to be Braun Strowman at least around Christmas. Now, maybe maybe it was decided immediately following that. I don't know. But I know that as of around Christmas, the idea was to uh, have Braun Strowman and Brock Lesnar in the WWE Universal Championship match at Royal Rumble. Uh, That's what my sources and people have told me. And there have been ever-changing plans for any number of things. So there's there's a possibility that this was decided a little bit after that. But I I know that around the end of the year, uh, what was planned is what was advertised. Let's go ahead and get into it. We see Braun Strowman come out to the ring. And (laughs) Baron Corbin shows up and does the Baron Corbin thing. Yep which is not an entertaining thing. And WWE loves him. And you know, there, there's parts of me that see why they love him. He is, a, he is a big, tall guy, a former NFL player. He's got some real cool moves, Alex. He does. He's got some cool moves, but there's just a couple things missing in him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've often wondered if, if his true, um, his true uh, potential lies in like being the heavy in a tag team, like just being that guy who doesn't have to do, doesn't have to carry the whole match. Like he can come in, get a couple, a couple of big moves on the hot tag, something like that. Uh, like a heel tag team where there's one guy who's got a big mouth and then the big dude who comes in and shuts people up. Like, I feel like that might be something better for him than being, I don't know, the guy that raw is completely built around for months. Maybe not that guy, you know, like the thing is, is that, there are a lot of great players in any league, on any team, in, in, in whatever you want to call. Uh, but the, the key is in knowing who you've got and how to best utilize them. And I don't think they're best utilizing Baron Corbin. I, I agree. It's, he almost works himself into a shoot with the lone wolf situation. Because how do you throw the lone wolf into a tag team? Well, right. I think it could be kind of interesting if you have like a Miz, Shane McMahon situation where there's somebody on the roster that says, you know what, I could really use you as a tag team partner. It'd yeah. be really nice to have you as a tag team partner. And, and something cool could be created there. There are so many wrestlers that they don't really do much of anything with. Yeah. Like, to be honest with you, say Rhino hangs it up. You know who I think would be entertaining, who could make Baron entertaining? Heath Slater, probably. Probably could, yeah. Probably Heath Slater, who who also made Titus O'Neil interesting at one point with Slater Gator. Slater Gator. 
So, I mean, you never know what could be a hit. And yeah. for those saying, oh, my God, that's a death sentence for for Baron Corbin. Uh, no, it ain't, because Heath Slater got over big time with Slater Gator yeah. and with Rhino at one point. Yeah. I'm not advocating that for that to be the thing next week, but I can't imagine Baron Corbin doing anything next week that's going to entertain me. No, I mean, this is the other thing, is that here's the deal. He's, he's still running around in his dress pants and his vests long after he's no longer the constable. And we've just accepted it. There's there's other things. Like I I pitched last week, the guy who says, you know what? F the system. I hate everybody. He goes back to being the biker character. Like he's always, the music still fits for him. Just do something other than out of work general yeah. manager. That's not a character. <laughs> Braun Strowman says that he's healed up. He's good to go for the Royal Rumble. He calls Brock Beastie Boy again. So yeah, he's that's doubling that's- down on that. This thing, he, he's he's called him that before. He's ca- he called him that ahead of their match in Saudi Arabia. He, that's a thing that he says about Brock. So Baron Corbin trolls Braun. Braun chases him to the back, and a Singh brother eats it. Yes, they they tell him they tell Braun that Corbin has gone in any different number of directions. So he sends. The Singh brother, ironically, not in either of those directions. No, 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 no. But completely over a table. Over a catering table, yep. So Braun goes around looking for Corbin, and Elias is singing backstage to Braun. Uh, it's, this is so great. They have the camera here. He, they, they, Braun's here. The camera's facing him this way. Braun walks past the camera. The camera follows him and pans around. And then Elias is exactly where Braun had been. So in in kayfabe, Elias just materialized out of thin air and did his guitar strum. And then he starts singing about, you know, Baron Corbin. And then Braun comes back and and (laughs) Elias sings that he's in the limo down in the parking lot. Uh, I am absolutely here for magical materializing narrator troubadour Elias. I think that is so great that he could be backstage just telling people what's going on uh, 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 on Raw. I think that's Did you cool. ever watch the Chris Rock movie Head of State? I, I missed that one. Nate Dogg narrates the whole thing via Perfect. song. Perfect. And I'm like, you know what? That, that would work for Elias. What works for Braun is tearing stuff up. That's what got him over. But tell me that I wasn't the only one that was thinking, please don't Goldberg this. Please oh, my don't God. Goldberg this. Yeah. I was so fearful. And here's the thing. Um, The people who are backstage handling Braun, they're students of the game. They probably told him over and over again, please don't Goldberg this. Please don't Goldberg (laughs) this. On their phone, they called up video of that thing on the network and showed it to Braun and said, just don't do this. Yes. And to his credit, he followed directions, and he did not do that. So Braun grabs a lead pipe because he was told that Corbin was in the limo that we see down the hallway, down down the parking lot. He breaks the window out and then rips the, the limo door off its hinges. Corbin escapes, and Vince McMahon is standing there. All things considered, I think that's pretty solid. Pretty pretty cute, a nice yep. way to do it. However, we go to a commercial break, Alex, for yeah. three minutes. Yes. So I'm very, very excited in the coming years to see whatever transpired during <laughs> that commercial break. Yes. On the network. That's that's a behind the scenes I want to see. I really liked uh, coming back and Braun trying to put the door back on the limo. I thought that was great. 
Uh, I mean, we knew it was Vince McMahon's limo because that's how the show started with him showing up and then getting the chauffeur to like buff out a couple of spots. My thing is, does Vince own limos in every city that they that they normally perform in? Because they're in Memphis. So I know they didn't drive his ass from Connecticut to Memphis. That's not his limo. That's a rental. And for, for, for Vince to get so crazy and angry about having a limo get smashed up, when we've already seen that they they blow up limos for storylines, it's really it's come on guys. And even like I've got some well-to-do fi- like friends, they don't take limos anymore. No, it's true. I, I mean, I know I have some people that are doing pretty well in life. They used to take limos. They don't take limos anymore. Some people do. Apparently, Vince McMahon does. One of the greatest spots was Braun Strowman trying to reattach the door. Loved it. <laughs> it's like. I think that's a way of like, okay, it's it's like self-deprecating humor. Yes, yes. <laughs> no, the, but the best part was him putting it there and holding it, then backing away, and it held for like one second before falling off. It was perfectly timed. I mean, c- congratulations to the door for having great comedic timing. Uh, I uh, I thought this was fine. I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to see. That's what I'll say. I'm waiting to see. What, what they're going to do with Braun and, and if it comes out, you know, exactly why this happened. If it's punishment for last week, I don't think that's on Braun. I think like, you, you sent him out there to, like to drown. That, that was not, yeah. again, not utilizing your talent in the best way possible. If it's his elbow not being fully ready, fine. Okay, cool. But I just don't want this to be a thing where like, oh, Braun, go away. That, he's, there's too much potential left in this guy. Dang MQ says Uber is the new limo. That it is. Yeah. So let me tell you, ask you, did you think Braum was going to flip the limo? Uh, I, w- I mean, listen, he's he's flipped much larger vehicles yeah. in the past. This should be like a light day for him. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. It's definitely not his max. I'll tell you that. So Vince McMahon says that he's fining Braun $100,000. And then he says he's taking away the Universal Championship match at the Royal Rumble. Okay, whatever. We'll get back to uh, Vince think, momentarily. Well, but what what did you think? Is he allowed to do that? I mean, aren't we in charge of Raw now? Like we were. So did, did, don't you have to like do like a taboo Tuesday poll? Like, should Vince strip the the match from Braun or not? And then if we vote that he that he should be stripped, then he's allowed to. Uh, don't don't come out and tell me that I'm booking Raw because if so, I, I didn't do this. You did. Well, do you this. remember the time when Vince hired all of the viewers just so he could fire them? <laughs> that was a good one. So yeah, maybe yeah. maybe he's, he gave us the night off. Could be. So I thought this was a solid segment for a very curious, odd situation, Alex. If if you're handcuffed into this, then you know what I'm. I'm all right with yeah. it. If you if you if you figured okay, we got to get Braun out of this match for whatever reason. This is a perfectly fine way to do it. It actually puts him over while demoting him. Exactly, so that's the best way to do it. And I mean, it uses what got Braun over and tearing stuff up, which we we saw the highlight reel for a couple of weeks ago, but we haven't really seen a lot of it lately Yeah, for, for any number of reasons. Them trying to make him a heel and not wanting him to be over in that way or his elbow injury, whatever it may be. We haven't seen a lot of that lately. So I thought it was, it was nice to kind of get that reminder and say, oh, okay, you know, Braun got over big time and this is why 
a little refresher for you. Up next, we're, we're going to get back to uh, this segment and what came out of it afterwards. But Sasha Banks and Ronda Rousey defeated Tamina and Nia Jax. Corey Graves had a good night. He had a real good night. Yeah, he's good. They didn't play ignorant to the fact that it's all over the internet that Ronda Rousey is over the moon about facing Sasha mm-hmm. Banks. Yeah. I I don't like to use the term marked out, but mm-hmm. Ronda used it about herself. She yeah. said, when I found out I was going to face Sasha Banks, I marked out. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah, well, yes, it is. Sasha, who has been very vocal backstage about her role of late, I was told, getting this spot, and you can tell she's been chomping at the bit for it. Oh, yeah. Because it really shines through. Now, Corey Graves fires back with, she's looked forward to being stabbed in the back by Sasha for several years now. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) That's a good one. Um, Nia Jax, I got some rare compliments for this work. Her not going with the Lucha arm drag, brilliant. Uh Uh-huh. Just fell right down. Sasha Sasha Banks applies the rear naked choke, gets thrown off of Nia's back, does a bulldog. Rousey and Tamina are tagged in. Rousey quickly rolls into the armbar position. After a break, Sasha gets flattened by a nice powerbomb. Real good one. But causes Tamina to run into Nia, and Sasha taps out uh, Tamina with the bank statement. Match was fine. Match was fine. I loved um – Rousey doing that step up thing, like all the way up into like riding on Tamina's shoulders, then rolling over in the arm bar. That was beautiful. Didn't look good the first time she tried it, but uh, she sure has nailed it every time since. Yeah. Uh, It's 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 really worked out for her. I I, I did like that a lot. Uh, I'm I'm never a huge fan of in two weeks, these two will be fighting for the championship, but tonight they're a tag team. Will they be able to coexist? Um, I've never been a big fan of that trope, but. The match was fine. So, up next, Sasha Banks and Ronda are in the ring talking to each other. Now, I had someone say to me, oh, I love the realism of Ronda's promo, and I'm thinking, that is not real. That's not Ronda Rousey. Nope. Ronda Rousey hates everybody that she's ever faced yep. or been scheduled to fight. That's just the way that she is. But she's playing the super baby face. I'm really happy to be here and I'm really honored to face this woman approach. And considering that this is the angle you're going with with Sasha Banks, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with her playing coy because it it allows Sasha Banks to read a little bit too much into what Rousey's saying. I mean, hey, in my younger years, I did that myself. People would sort of say a compliment and you take it the wrong way. Sasha thinks everybody's out to get her. Right. That's perfectly on brand. For the Sasha that we came to love for so long as as the heel Sasha. Um, And Sasha has been kind of uh, in limbo in recent years. Whenever they've decided to use her, it's been like, um, are you, we all don't trust her kind of a thing. Even though she's been a babyface, but not actually convincing as one. The thing that I didn't, I, I don't, I think they kind of got boxed in on this rousy characterization considering how how out there she's been about being a fan of Sasha Banks. But uh, her coming out there, Sasha, please, no, I, I didn't mean it like that, Sasha. I'm sorry, I really did. Like, that that doesn't ring true to the rousy you've been presenting since she's been in your company. It feels odd. And if not odd, then at least forced 
Like, I don't know. It's it's a weird deal. And to have that continue through, if you this basically winds up being, by the, by the time we get to the Royal Rumble, these two hate each other on both sides, great. It's going to come yeah. out for a great match. That's what we want. But right now, it just felt a little like, well, we can't shy away from this now, Ronda, since you've given all those interviews and talked about it. So now we're going to do this. Covered Ronda and MMA and pro wrestling, and I can tell you from an attitude standpoint and a happiness standpoint, they aren't comparable. She right. is way happier. Seems like she's got a lot less pressure on her. And dare I say, is a I think she's a better pro wrestler than she was an MMA fighter. And that's saying something because she was a really good MMA fighter despite some of her her skill, some of the skill sets that she lacked. Mm-hmm. And uh, she is amazing. I've never seen anybody. Uh, not Kurt Angle, maybe not Matt Riddle, not even Brock Lesnar get this good this fast. I think she's yeah. eclipsed that territory at this point. And you can say what you want about scripted matches and all that. Does, doesn't much matter. She's really, really good. Banks is not happy about being treated like a foregone conclusion. Says she can tap people and will teach Rousey how to lose with class because that's that's the situ- that's the scouting report on Rousey. When she loses, she hides for a year. Right. Uh, I thought that it's Sasha, so it made sense. But she did she did find things to be upset with. Because what Rousey said was, I owe it to you because I respect you so much to try as hard as I can to be able to tap you out. Yeah. And Sasha's like, tap me out? Tap me out? Well, yeah, that's how she ends matches. Like, I don't, I mean, if she beats you, that's how she's going to beat you. She well, I think she took it as, as this is a foregone conclusion. No, she said... She says, I'm going to try really hard to be able to beat you, as opposed to the other places where Rowney didn't try. But it wasn't like saying, I'm going to beat you as I'm going to be any sweat off my back. Like, it's not like that. She says, it's going to be a struggle. If I win, I'm going to have to try as hard as I can to do it. That's as good a compliment as you can get from your opponent. So, well, I mean, I think that's the point of, of Banks' misinterpretation. Right. And Thank- I thought when, when Rousey told Sasha that if she wanted to keep the tag of world's classiest loser, yeah. she could. I thought that was a great thing that's to throw back. Great line. Yep. This is, I love this promo. It was really, really good to me. Uh, Rousey and Sasha are being car- kept apart by Bailey and Natalia backstage who blame each other's partner for this. It was so elementary. This yeah. was not great. No, not great. Uh, Riot Squad show up and make a challenge for later tonight for the mystery opponent, which I fully expected to be Ember Moon. Then I found out she wrestled on main event. But do you know what she did at main event? What? She, she wrestled in a tag team versus Mickey and Alicia. Guess who her tag partner was? Dana Brooke, who's been a heel for the past <laughs> six weeks. When she was a face yeah. the six weeks before that. Dana Brooke is just the, the catch-all. Hey, we need a girl. Doesn't matter if she's face or heel. Go ahead. Go out there. Just poor Dana. Man. <laughs> The Revival defeated Lucha House Party with Lince Dorado. The Revival say there's a price to pay for last week. Most of this match was drowned out by this weird inset promo. Yeah. Which we'll get to after we talk about the match. Yeah. Kalisto does his like quadruple jump arm drag, gets drop kicked out of an inverted atomic drop. Dawson scores the DDT and a pin, but Metal League had his foot on the ropes. Wilder threw it off. I'm okay with that. Also, <laughs> I I like Renee being consistent in her criticism. When the Revival pull one over and Graves is like, you don't have a problem with that? And she goes, nah. <laughs> <laughs> but the problem is, is for, for weeks, 
when Lucha was winning three on two matches, he was like, this is the future of wrestling. I yeah. love the Lucha house party. And now a few weeks later, she's like, screw the Lucha house party. The they night suck. that wrestling was resuscitated too. <laughs> Lucha house rules. It's going to revolutionize the industry. Oh my God. Top payouts, top affiliates, as Jimmy Van says. Yeah. Uh, whatever this they face each other a billion times yeah that's the thing is that this is this is it's just it's a it's a never-ending cycle of lucha versus revival uh the tag titles weren't even on the show tonight like it's it's a weird thing you're inter we'll talk about this you're introducing introducing women's tag titles i hope to god you treat the women's tag titles better than you're treating the men's tag titles on this show Inset promo. So everybody's lined up for an opportunity at Vince McMahon's office door. And Jerry Lawler comes out of that door to a big pop. Signed a new two-year deal. Got a raise, I'm told. Mm. Now, Alex, Jerry the King Lawler right now is, let me see, 69 years old. Nice. When this, (laughs) yes, Uh, when his deal is up, he will be 71. Yeah. 71, Alex. Yeah. Once upon a time when WCW was bought out by WWF, Bobby Mm -hmm. Heenan was on that roster. Yeah. He was 55, 56 years old and was too old. Yes. For WWF or WWE, whatever the hell it was at the time. It's frustrating to me, man. Now, granted, at that point, Bobby Heenan's quality had went way down. There were some questionable activities going on before he would he would hit the booth but man i gotta figure he would have straightened up for for that yeah it's it's just it's sad it's sad to think i'm gonna go out on a limb and say 56 year old heenan on his worst day in the booth is way better than 71 year old lawler on his best day yeah yeah i would agree he gets a big pop though because it's memphis no way jose dances through Apollo Crews cuts a really lame fake promo about facing Lesnar. You know that ain't happening. Yep. Kurt Hawkins, B-Team, Heath Slater, and Rhino all interrupt. And then we see EC3, but he doesn't say anything. He just stands there. He just stands there. Great writing, guys. I mean, uh, we'll talk about this in a second. But this is the thing, is that you have all these guys back. You have the Revival, who who are your legitimate tag team contenders at this point. They're the ones who've been wrestling the, the champions. And if not them, then probably the Lucha House Party would get a tag title shot. So you have the de facto, basically, number one contenders-ish tag match going on in the ring. And that's all drowned out by a bunch of guys talking about how they're going to face Lesnar at the Rumble who have absolutely no shot of facing Lesnar at the Royal Rumble. It's a completely wasted backstage promo that happens over a match in the ring. I just, uh, it's the the, the disrespect that the raw tag team titles have been have been given it's just ridiculous to me you have these stakes they're there yeah make them important Vince McMahon comes out to the ring he is interrupted immediately by John Cena Cena says that when Brock left for the NFL Cena stepped up and was given a chance he wants another one that makes sense immediately i thought damn i don't want to see that though no i don't Drew McIntyre isn't having it. He says that Cena's time is up. His time is now. And Cena can leave. I'm cool with that. At this Makes point, sense. At this point, I thought one-on-one tonight, Drew versus Cena for the for the, for the the chance to meet Brock. I thought to myself, 
I I love the idea of Drew going into the Rumble and just decimating Brock and saying there's a new beast in town. I mean, because really, there's no way better to actually create this new monster heel that destroys everybody than to have him beat Brock to do it. And that's what I thought. But no, we we got Baron Corbin came out. <laughs> that he thought, did. No, he does his Baron thing, which is not exciting. No. Ben Balor joins, says that he knows Vince McMahon has never believed in him, and Vince McMahon says that he doesn't. He's a little guy. And there's too much beef in the ring. <laughs> too much beef in the ring. Is there ever such a thing, Alex? Well, there was a lot of beef in the White House tonight. I know that. Yeah, that's true. But maybe you want to get some more beef in the pink house, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> All right, I'm out. <laughs> and if you do... Our friends at BlueChew.com can help. That's blue. B-L-U-E, like the color blue. Brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know they work, but how about this? They're better. They're faster. They're cheaper. Why are they better? Because they're chewable. So they get they get in your system quicker. And that makes them quicker. And they come to your house quicker. You you order online. They ship straight to your door in a discreet package. No in-person doctor visit. No no waiting at the pharmacy. None of that. Cheaper? That's that shipping direct, my friends. When you want to get erect, ship direct. That, that's what I always say. I've always said that. Traditionally. And right now, how about this? Free. Yep. Free. Use that code FIGHTFUL. Just pay $5 shipping. You get Blue Chew for free. Hit up at Get Blue Chew on Twitter. Say, hey, you know what? FIGHTFUL told me about you. FIGHTFUL told me about all that extra beef. That, that, that junior beef, double beef, whatever it is, ain't enough. No, no, no. A quarter pounder, not enough. No, we got to go full, full on. If you want to be a sirloin beef, sons of bitch, take your blue chew. Alex? I have nothing more to add. That's, uh, that's, that says, says it all. It does say it all. Balor attacks Corbin, or yeah, he attacks Corbin. McIntyre stands tall to end the segment. Vince makes a fatal four-way match to determine Brock's opponent tonight. But boy, did that get confusing, Alex. Yeah, it really did. Jinder Mahal shows up backstage. He says, Vince, I'm offended. I was taking care of the Sings backstage. I assume both of them. He said one of them, but why not both of them? Yeah. And last year, the dream match, or 2017, the dream match, me and Brock was pulled because I lost my title. I want my shot. And you know what? I don't blame him. His character should say this. His character yes, should his, want this. His character should want the shot, yes. But what Vince says is, okay, you against whoever you want tonight. And if you win, you replace them at the Royal Rumble. And I'm thinking, what? Yeah. We, we just announced a qualifying match tonight. Yeah. So I, Vince either forgot his line or spoiled this. Yeah, no. It was, <laughs> if yeah. you're at home saying that doesn't make sense, well, don't try to make sense of it. No. No, it, it, it yeah, it got unnecessarily confusing. Um, there's the idea of 
I mean, I don't know. Here's the deal. Um, how many times did you say that Jinder and Finn have fought with Finn winning every match? Like it's six, seven, whatever it was. I think it's six singles matches. Yeah. Finn's won every time. Right. But in tag and singles matches, I think seven times since yeah. August. So um, here's the deal. You have Jinder. You say, Jinder, you could pick any of these men to fight. <laughs> Um, pick, pick, pick one of them. If you beat them, you get to be in the fatal four way. I know says Jinder, I'll pick this guy. I lose to every single time. And guess what? He loses to him in a match that takes too long. That is a foregone conclusion. Uh, and that all it is there to do is to say, wow, this, this Finn Balor, uh, can beat a guy bigger than him, which we already know. Cause we've seen him beat Jinder six times. So it's a weird deal that it was just like completely unnecessary and and it just got gender on my TV for more than it, he needed to be. It was an odd, odd thing. And and Vince saying you replace the guy at the Royal Rumble didn't help anything. Yeah. Yep, I'm with you. So up next, Bailey, Natalia have their, their mystery partner, Nikki Cross. They defeated the Riot Squad, but all of this gets even more confusing than this show. Because Michael Cole says, oh, hey, by the way, they're not on Raw or SmackDown. They're just getting looks. Yeah. And I'm thinking, isn't that what NXT was for? Yeah. No, this is so, he said, so so we, I think what he means is the, the NXT universe can get familiar with them. Man, you've been showing that damn promo for a month, twice every show. We're yeah. familiar with them at this point. Pick a show for them to be on, debut them, give them a push. It's not that hard. So there were there were not plans for Nikki Cross to be on Raw as of last week, I'm told. People in the SmackDown crew were shocked that she was on Raw because they expected her on SmackDown for obvious reasons. Well, this is the thing is she could wind up on SmackDown yes. because of the stupid caveat they gave Kill- her. Killian Dane even said, you better not plan on keeping her over there. <laughs> this is so. I mean, I when I, again, when she showed up, before they did the whole spiel of explaining it, I was like, okay, if Nikki's going to be on Raw, just send Sanity to NXT UK. They'd be great over there. They got a German and an Irish guy. We can fake, you know, Eric Young could do an Australian accent. Just, just let them be over there. They'll be a lot more a better used over there than they are on SmackDown. Without with without Nikki, I mean the the soul of it's just gone anyway. There were no plans for these call ups. It was a reactionary move because of the new era, quote unquote. Ruby gets tied up in the apron by Cross. Back from a commercial, Bailey's getting beaten up by Sarah Logan until a hot tag to Natalia. She gets her offense in a German suplex and inverted power bomb. And Ruby Riot uncharacteristic uncharacteristically does like this half hearted pin breakup. That was not the case for Nikki Cross. She went in there and just jumped right on Liv. I got to give uh, Liv Morgan some props. Hit a really nice Hurricane Rana. Yeah. And the pin that she did, it was just a near leg hook. But if you look at the way that Liv Morgan pinned there, and it's, you know, I go crazy over fundamentals, bridged her body, put all of her weight on it. Man, that's a nice damn pin. That is a good uh, near leg pinfall, but Nikki broke it up. And with Natalia, they got a heart attack, which I thought was a neat spot off the second rope. Uh, No heat for this, but Nikki still tried, and she got the crowd going a little bit on a body press off the apron. Bailey tags in, gets the win with a flying elbow drop. 
this was fine. Yeah. Uh, Nikki got to do her finishing move. She got to be crazy. Everyone's like, who's this girl? Uh, fine. I mean, I, I think she's a better fit on SmackDown, if only because I feel like Ronda is so central to the women's division right now. Uh, on Raw, like on on SmackDown, I could absolutely see Nikki having bangers with with Becky and and Charlotte and whoever's at Oscar, all that stuff. Oscar and Nikki can have some amazing matches. I don't want to be deprived of that by her being on the Red Brand. Um, but this was fine. There was a backstage thing that was really, really kind of fun uh, where they interviewed the three of them, and and at one point, <laughs> at one point, Nikki just started, "I want to play," and ran away. And Bailey's like, "No, you can stay. You you can play here. It's fine. I'll play with you, dude." It was Danny it was on Twitter said it was like Bailey talking to a stray dog. <laughs> That's funny. I like that. It's fine. We also see Lacey Evans backstage, so she she's coming sooner or later. Just hanging out, talking to Dana Brooke and Mickey James, who earlier tonight were, <laughs> were facing each other in a tag team match. So they're best friends now. Like really, poor, poor Dana. Like she's got oh. no whatsoever. She's got an interesting gimmick. It's going to get a lot of attention. Yeah, on Twitter. Yeah, I think Lacey Evans really could have used working with the. Uh, Shayna Baszler, Jessamine Duke, Marina Shafir, girls who had wrestled, had shoot fought. I thought a lot of her fundamental issues in NXT were because she didn't have the natural instincts of someone who is a right. a, a wrestler, a shoot first, work second wrestler. Yeah. And also, in her being called up, NXT is losing somebody that helps their tryouts. Eric Spicely, former UFC fighter, told us at Fightful.com recently, that Lacey Evans went into drill instructor mode during tryouts and was like yelling at people that were leaning on the apron and all that stuff. So, I mean, she she wears many hats for WWE, and not one that a lot of people would expect. Finn Balor defeated Jinder Mahal with the Singh brothers for a spot in the Raw main event. Jinder and the Singhs attacked Balor before the match. I guess you got to make it seem like Mahal stands a chance somehow. This is the thing. Um You've you've told us earlier. Well, Finn, you don't have a you really don't stand a chance. You're so small. There's too much beef. And um, in order to really drive that point home, um, you have to have him fight from underneath by getting attacked before the match. Like it's just this thing of like he's the underdog. Let's show you how much he's an underdog. He's got to win this match, and later he's got to win another match. And all the men are so much bigger than he is. And also, this guy's got a sidekick who's going to attack him before the match and distract the ref. It's like, okay, just let him wrestle at this point. Just let him wrestle. Jinder cracks Balor with a big boot, and there's nothing more than I need at 9.45 p.m. Eastern than a chin lock. Yeah. Nothing that I just need more. Mm-mm. You all don't want me to get back on my chin lock rants, guys. You all don't want it to happen. Balor lands a kick. Tope Canhilo, coup de gras. He wins. Neat way to add stakes and get some worth out of Jinder Mahal's title run that didn't work. But yeah. this stunk. <laughs> this was not good. No, it was it was a complete waste of time. You didn't, nothing, nothing here needed to be here. Finn was already in, in the four-way. Beating Jinder keeps him in the four-way. There's other God things damn, you could have done. You could have had EC3 have a match. God oh, damn, man. Baron Cor- Jinder Mahal is going to be the guy that Baron Corbin teams with eventually. I just realized that that's what's going to happen. Uh, I I love the idea of him being a one-man APA. Just he'll tag, <laughs> with, he'll tag with anybody if you pay him. 
Yeah, like Shane Taylor's running that gimmick in Ring of Honor right now. It's, you got to pay him. It's got to be cash up front, but he'll tag with you as long as you as long as you pay him. I think that'd be a cool thing. WWE Intercontinental Championship. Bobby Lashley becomes the Intercontinental Champion, defeating Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose to win the title. Ambrose cuts a real shitty promo about Memphis. Then Leo Rush cuts a pretty good one, to no one's surprise. Rollins is rather uninspired in Gorilla, but yeah, yeah they're whatever. Whatever, those are fine. Whatever, sure. I, I, I did, I did like Leo's, as you said, it was a good promo. Uh, I feel like th- 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 there's a lot you can do with this guy. Uh, he's he's he he would be my pick to be the next Mustafa Ali and move off the purple brand and actually be full time as Raw on Raw and like working with Lashley as his action, not just his manager, but his like partner. I think you could really do magic with him there. I want to thank all of our live viewers on youtube.com slash fightful right now, outside of raw after WrestleMania is uh, our most streamed live post raw show that we've done so far. Thank you guys. That means so much. We are an independent wrestling website that I've mentioned this before. We try to do things the right way. We want to give you all exclusive content to give you all the wrestling news. So if you're checking this out, for the first time. Thank you all so much. Uh, we also cover MMA and boxing. If you all want to do Fightful and other solid, I ask you all for solids all the time. Uh, BlueChew.com slash Fightful to get real solid. But <laughs> YouTube.com slash Fightful MMA Boxing. We're trying to hit a 1,000 subs over there. We're getting real close. So uh, head over there, check out our good boxing and MMA coverage. UFC on ESPN starts this weekend. And a big super fight kicks that off. I'll have a live post show on that. And the MMA podcast is Tuesday, 2 p.m. Eastern. There wasn't a lot of heat or excitement from the commentary early in this Intercontinental title match, Alex. This has all been very odd. Like, like I don't think they they got what they needed out of this whole Dean wears weird jackets and a, and a wallet chain that doesn't connect to a wallet character. Like, it hasn't, it hasn't worked right for him. Uh, the, the, the Seth, their, their blood feud over that was started by Roman's cancer has been a weird thing. And Bobby Lashley, no one's really had a thing about like, kind of like they kind of were like noncommittal on him as a face, as a heel. It's more like, we kind of hate the little guy who runs with you, but we'd like to see him in the ring more than you. Um, you show your butt a lot. There wasn't, there hasn't been a lot of thing with, with these guys. Uh, so it was kind of this, I'm all for a new direction with the intercontinental title because the, the feud you thought was going to carry it into WrestleMania, uh, with Seth and Dean, that's dead. They, that didn't work. It it died at TLC. We're moving on. And I'm, I'm fine with that because I feel like we're, there's magic possibly in a, in the pairing of Bobby Lashley and, uh, and Leo Rush. And I, I will speak more about what I hope is the future uh, for these guys in a second. Rollins turns on Ambrose when Ambrose tries to work with him, but then Lashley immediately works with Ambrose. Why would Lashley do that? How does know. that make any sense? I don't know. Not, not, Final, not, a, lot, not a lot makes sense. Crowd woke up when Lashley did this amazing slam. Yeah. Oh boy. He caught yeah. Rollins. Yeah. And slammed him down hard. And Ro- Rollins sold the hell out of it. It was a great facial reaction to it. Too. Well, he sold it, but then he was up 
seconds later for a suicide dive, which I had a big problem with. Yeah, I, so some of those things are, are poorly timed. Like, you, here's the sequence. It ends with this giant thing. And then we got to go in the next sequence. And the next sequence, you're a big part of it, even though you got that big thing. They got to figure out a way to space those two sequences out. Leo Rush distracts Rollins, leads to him. He being Rollins eating Spinebuster outside. Back from the break, Lashley gets spro- Frog Splash in amazing fashion yeah. by Rollins. Ambrose tries to steal the pin. There's this funky-looking Doomsday device spot. Rollins is going for a superplex. Lashley puts Rollins on his shoulders, and they do a Doomsday device. But Rollins backflips out of it, and he didn't land on his feet. He kind of landed on his knees and didn't sell it. And then missed Lashley with a super kick by a mile that Lashley sold anyway. This was not a great spot. Sloppy. Yep. Um, Very. I, I, I wouldn't ever ever have somebody get clotheslined out of a doomsday device and not sell it. No. That's a problem for me. I mean, it's one of the more protected moves in the history of wrestling. Yeah. Lashley Spears Ambrose gets the win. Also, the flip with the spear never made sense to me. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Um, I, I will say this. When 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 Leo broke up, just went in and straight up broke up the pinfall, when I think it was Dean pinning Seth, I thought, wow, what? I don't never thought of this before, but they keep saying, oh, it's legal. There's no disqualifications in a triple threat match. Why isn't Leo just fighting in the match the whole time? Yeah. Why isn't Leo like running in and kicking people and doing, and doing flips and stuff? It should be Leo and Bobby versus Seth versus, versus Dean because there's, you, can't, you can't disqualify them. Like I, I feel like they should figure out a way for for Bobby to only contest in non disqualification matches and have Leo be involved in every way possible. Like do something fun. It could be argued that maybe Leo didn't want to get kicked out, so he couldn't help with shenanigans because they can kick him out. I guess that's true. They probably yeah. could, but that was never rationalized a reason. Yeah. Bobby Lashley wins the Intercontinental Championship. What kind of reign are you expecting out of Bobby Lashley? I will say that I'm kind of glad it's out of the Rollins-Ambrose storyline. Yeah. But I don't expect top-level matches out of Bobby Lashley at this point. I don't know what to expect out of a Bobby Lashley Intercontinental title reign. Here's what I hope for, maybe not expect, although there may be reason for it at this point. Kevin Owens, who looks like he weighs about 212 pounds right now. <laughs> he does. Pictures of him. He looks like being the best shape of his life. Uh, tweeted out, Right after Bobby won, a picture of him from when he held the Intercontinental title holding in his teeth. And and his name on Twitter now is just Soonish. It was oh, soon. Yeah, <laughs> not that Soonish. But I just love the idea of him being like, oh, great. Hey, you're the guy who kayfabe in- injured me, and now you've got this title I used to hold. I'd like it back. Now, I don't know they're going that route. From all the video packages they've shown of, of of Kevin, it seems they want us to think he's still a heel. I like when Kevin Owen comes back, he is going to get a hero's welcome from the crowd. For God's sake, let them do it. When Triple H was the worst guy in wrestling, everyone hated him. He he was out for a year and then he came back and the crowd went nuts and they rode it for a while. They never do that anymore. If a guy comes back from injury and he gets cheered. Let him be loved at least for like six weeks. You could do a lot with like Kevin Owens being everybody's favorite dude until he gets the title back and says, nah, psych. 
Like you could actually allow you him to be really great and everyone love him for two months and then do the heel turn. Not come back and go, you all didn't really miss me. Like I hate when they do that. Let let him be the hero when he comes back. They gotta read they gotta read that room better. And we're it's really gonna test the Vince McMahon commitment to listen to what the fans want. Yeah. Good for Lashley. Good for yeah. Lashley. Glad that he won this title. He's won a lot of different titles in WWE, never a world title, but somebody think, go ahead. Somebody tweeted this out that uh, he should wear the belt around his waist backwards. <laughs> so that when he comes out and does the pose, it's the it's the intercontinental title on his butt. And I thought that was really cute. That is so, really he, good. He really do that. He's won the US title, the IC title, the ECW title, but in Impact, he's won the world title like four right. times and yeah. An X Division Championship, a King of the Mountain Championship. He's getting more and more decorated, and uh, here he is at 42 years old. Dan Lambert, his manager, his MMA days. It'll be I'll have more of it on the Fightful Report podcast on Fightful Select and the Fightful Wrestling Weekly in coming weeks. But he says he doesn't think Lashley's going to fight again. So mm. he said that something catastrophic would have to happen in WWE to make that happen. So uh, don't look for Bobby Lashley to head to MMA, which is a good sign on how his Runs going. Boy, was this segment weird. There's a stagehand knocking on a door backstage. Alexa, Alexa walks in and Alexa Bliss is getting dressed. She covers herself up. Mm -hmm. So for the second time in a week, we've had a quote unquote naked girl storyline where the naked girl is wearing more than they actually do when they wrestle. Well, yeah. I mean, implied. Yes, it's implied. She, she I means she was topless and and been putting her top on. That's mm-hmm. that's different than like wearing a towel over your ring gear. But also, Mandy is doing it with her own agency. She is saying, "I'm going to try and and steal this my my rival's husband from her by being all sexy." Alexa is in private getting dressed, and somebody walks in on her. That's a different thing. Also. It doesn't appear, I think, to be for any kind of storyline. It was just like, hey, boobies. Which that is should have been how she found out about the tag <laughs> title. She should have stole some production notes. Yes. That- Let me tell you, they don't like it when you do that. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, why, why not? Why not make it like that? I mean, like, he, he yeah. actually, he's like, oh, my gosh, I'm sorry. And, but I mean, that doesn't exactly explain how the tag titles get out there, but no, it's, yeah, it's, uh, th- that can be how she gets her scoops because I mean, that was so painfully shoehorned in there. It was, it was, it just, it felt entirely gratuitous. Yeah. Like, and, but there's a thing um, I will, I will venture a guess as to how this might be a storyline, even though I really hope it's not at the end of her bliss segment. So, uh, I was surprised there wasn't more backlash. There was just like stuff that was like, okay, is it shooting horn in? I'm telling you guys, if you're all for this, you're you're not. I, I I don't think the reaction from women is going to be, oh, that's sexist. Don't do that. They're going to say like, let me get Finn Balor <laughs> in there. My storyline is beefy Balor. Yeah, and, and an obscene amount. So if WWE goes that way, I'm just saying, guys, prepare yourself for it. Yeah. Equality is upon us. Yeah. In the WWE world. I loved Moment of Bliss, at least the introduction of these tag titles. 
Hashtag hammock club, someone says. <laughs> uh, the banana club. Alexa Bliss announces the WWE Women's Tag Team titles, says that they will be determined at Elimination Chamber. I love that idea. The titles were unveiled, Alex. Yes. What did you think? I'm going to pull them up here so you all can kind of see what they look like. But um, a, a different look for these titles than than most stuff that you get in WWE. Uh, a nice white strap, gold plates, no... No, no big logo. logo or anything like that, but I I will say um, I I love uh, what they look like. I hate the way they're being uh, determined as who's going to who's going to who's going to win them because it's not tag wrestling. I mean, what's a better way to actually determine who the better tag team is? A, a, a tag team match, or heavens forbid, a tag team tournament in which teams are, are formed and then they actually have tag team wrestling, or let's just throw 12 women in a big cage and let them all fight. And the representative of the team that, that is standing at the end, they can be tag team champs. That's, that's how you get a Nia Jackson Tamina tag team championship. That's not the team that probably wouldn't have a chance to win a tag team tournament can win that. I, I, w- I would rather actually see a pure tag team match determine who becomes the tag team title as opposed to this which we i've seen we've seen a tag team elimination chamber match and it's a complete cluster which is a lot of fun to watch but i I don't want it to be like the way you actually determine who gets to be the first ever women's tag champions like I, i i maybe i'm a purist in that way you are but i understand it i understand your point yeah I think given this this day and age, I think it's a good way to immediately have everyone in the mix and That's create true. a lot of storylines in between the old, you eliminated me, so let me face you for seven weeks in a row on SmackDown type true. of thing. I would also, I would also hope that, that, uh, that the tag teams make sense. I mean, even though they haven't been on SmackDown in forever, the Iconics need to be in it. Um, like there's other things that you can do here. My, my it, it, they said three from Raw and three from SmackDown, which acts as my hope of of having it be at NXT also yeah. thing. Um, but they they showed one particular set of straps, but didn't mention how we determine how this is fought for. Like if the Raw if a Raw team wins it, does SmackDown ever get a challenge for it? Like ever again? Like those are questions still yet to be answered. Um, but I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it because really the women deserve more than just also ran matches if you're not in the tag t- in the in the women's title picture. Absolution. Iconics, who do you think the third team is going to be out of SmackDown? Um uh, if it's I mean if Asuka loses her title then maybe Asuka and Naomi they've teamed quite a bit but Yeah. I mean uh, I I yeah, maybe there's a there's a lot to be done there. I think it may be one of those things of like you know throw two people together that that wouldn't normally think of. But I, I would say yes, Iconics and Absolution definitely. Um, and by that point, you prob- you might see Nikki Cross on on SmackDown. I would love a mismatch team like like say uh, Nikki and Carmella. I think that would be a lot of fun for like, be interesting. Carmella tries to take N- Nikki to like get makeovers and stuff. There's a lot of fun stuff you can do with, <laughs> with a, with a, with a cool mismatch team. As Carmella, well. the players work. Carmella could really make that work. Oh, oh Carmella 100%. is, 
Carmella is 100%. so good. Also, Carmella has become a really fun worker to watch, yeah. which is pretty awesome. Uh, she's a complete performance center project. Yeah. Otis Dozovich comes out, and I had mentioned to you, Alex, off air. Last week, this call-up was put into question. I was told that they had like a train wreck of a match with the Colognes that a lot of people were talking about backstage as not being good that that almost put this call-up in question. Now, yeah. Lars Sullivan had a panic attack before his match and left from the parking lot Orlando to his house. And from what I've heard is virtual radio silence since then. So that's why you haven't seen or heard of him. Hope he gets better whether he wrestles or not. But uh, Otis comes out drooling over Alexa. Tucker Knight has to get him. Now this was the thing that I was, I was, I was worried about here. Now it didn't, it wasn't obvious what he was drooling over. The tag title belts? Like, was he pulling it? No, he said pretty girl. He said pretty girl. See, that, I have some issues with with him being like, hey, I saw a film of you backstage with your top off. Well, fucking rapey, isn't it? It's really rapey. I mean, I don't want to, you know, we'll get, it's JW. Why won't you go and eat Wendy's at the White House? You're just talking about the pink house. Uh, meanwhile, you don't want Otis to get in the pink house, you hypocrite. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm ready for it, guys. Give it to me. Yeah. This was weird. This is not cool. Uh, although I'm so here for, for Buddy Murphy defending the honor of, of his of his wife slash fiance against Otis Dodovich. I think that Otis versus Buddy Murphy could be a lot of fun. That'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> it'd be a lot of fun. Top contender match, Finn Balor defeated John Cena, Baron Corbin, and Drew McIntyre. Balor gets cut off the top rope with a big backbreaker off the bat. Corbin gets hit with a, a tornado DDT from Cena. Uh, I'll never get used to seeing that. Nope. Five moves of doom hit on McIntyre, but Corbin breaks up the pin. Cena and Balor turn their attention to Corbin, double suplex. Corbin ends up on the top rope with Drew and gets tossplexed overhead. Balor walks into end of days. Cena flies into Drew McIntyre falling powerbomb. Balor ends up getting super aid off the second rope, but Balor throws uh, Cena out to steal the pin, which he does not get. Corbin goes to grab a steel chair. Cena AAs him. Claymore on Cena. DDT on Balor or uh, from Balor on Drew. This is fast and furious. Not a lot of psychology, not a lot of selling, but in these matches, you don't have to have that. You don't have to tell a story. The story is, a lot of moves. Somebody's trying to win. Yep. Don't care how you do it. Balor yep. ends up pinning Cena with a coup de gras. This, like I said, Fast and Furious, WWE does these types of matches generally very, very well. And when yep. they have stakes, that helps too, Alex. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, the finishing sequence of these matches is always something I always look forward to, to figure out how the guys who aren't involved in the pinfall get kind of like eliminated and tossed out of the ring. That's always... An interesting way of choreographing it to me. Uh, I like this very much. I uh, I, I like that that really the 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 kill shot on Cena was the Claymore because yeah. that thing just looks so vicious. Uh, and then Finn is able to 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 you know seal the deal with the coup de gras um, and uh, and get the pin. Um, I'm very happy for Finn. I think it's really it's cool. He's he's absolutely being pushed to the moon right now um, and. Uh, it remains to be seen because a lot of times they 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 try and instill people with hope about this guy versus versus Brock Lesnar, sure, and, and then it winds up Brock like no sells everything or 
somebody attacks his opponent right before the match and it's not really a match. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Like, so, so like, like it always winds up being like, okay, this is the guy who's going to be Brock. Daniel Bryan had had the blueprint for how a small guy can almost beat Brock Lesnar. Finn Balor can easily follow that. I don't know what I want to see. I want to see the Demon versus the Beast. Yeah, that's what I want to see. That I think you that would bring it out, man. You that would help. The demon. Also, I put this on Twitter. I know WWE wrestlers. There are several who watch this because they tell me. But hey. If you've ever shit your pants taking a coup de gras, hit me in the DMs. I won't say who you are. I'm just curious, man, how many of y'all have done it? Because I know it's happened to at least one of you guys. It has to have. I'm okay with Balor getting the spot. He is super over right now. He is white hot. And it's almost like a Becky Lynch thing where his overness kind of came out of nowhere. After these years of not really doing a whole lot, bam, he's super over. Bam, they're capitalizing on it. I like it. It was a solid match. My match ratings are up right now on Fightful Select uh, early for subscribers of Tier 2 and above, and they will be up in the morning as they are after Raw, SmackDown, pay-per-views. Overall, I think a solid, if not a confusing, episode of WWE Raw tonight. Yeah, uh, confusing. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, Mania season's always Mania season. Um, the Rumble could be very interesting. Um, I, I, if, if what is, if what they say is true and, uh, these guys are, these NXT call-ups are, um, you know, floating from brand to brand, give me an EC3 versus Mustafa Ali match tomorrow. Like do something fun. Do like, something different. Different. Different fun, shit. Cool, new. Like, like I, I, I want, I want to see it. Give it to hey. me. I have people who pitch me content all the time and they'll say like, oh, Roman Reigns getting reaction. No, I'm not going to pay you for a column about that. Give me something new. Yes. Give me something different. Kristen Ashley hit me up and said, let me do a women's wrestling podcast. I said, hell yeah. There aren't a lot of those out there, especially yeah. in mainstream wrestling websites. Let's do it. I have. I mean, that's why I do Making a Finisher, Enhancement Stories, yeah. Wikipedia Fact Check. That's why you do Off the Tracks with A-Train. Yep. Uh, never again, apparently. Never I don't know. Been, been, been since May. But <laughs> it's been, been a while. Paradigm shift. Yeah. Do different. Yes. And um, that's that's what I think WWE needs to do. Yeah. I wanted to say something. Uh, I think it's really cool that Kristen's doing that women's wrestling podcast. I think it's a perfect time for it with, it, with the tag titles being um, put together. And uh, what a what a month for women's wrestling with uh, that Rhea versus Tony great match. Mm-hmm. We're going to get Shayna versus Bianca, which is, which has the potential to be all world crazy. Awesome. Plus Becky versus Oscar plus Ronda versus Sasha plus the women's Royal rumble. Like women's wrestling has never been in a better place than it is right now. And it's crazy to me when I realized watching Tony versus Rhea, that they are 23 and 22 years old. Yeah. That is insane. They have 10 years before they're as old as Charlotte. That's nuts. The future is now with women's wrestling. It's so cool. It's always cool to see the demographic shift, too. Like, it's it's not the uncool thing. It's like, I, I had one of our readers that messaged me today and said, I think, he's, I think he's a teenager and said, I just got made fun of for watching pro wrestling. And I said, fuck them. Yeah. Fuck them. But... They watch movies? What do they do? It's, there's there's not a real stigma. Maybe with some idiots, there's a stigma. But now, I mean, you see people who 
quite frankly, like all those stereotypes, there, there's always going to be a stereotype reinforcement. That's to some degree why a lot of stereotypes exist, right? Because those exist, but I don't see it as much anymore. I see people of all shapes, colors, ages. I posted a picture the other day, Alex, of it's my, my favorite picture I ever have taken covering pro wrestling. And it's a Bailey going through and slapping hands with fans. Yeah. And there's this like 70 year old woman who's thrilled. And why is she thrilled? Because her granddaughter got to meet Bailey. Yeah. And I was there and I saw her and I talked to her before that. And she was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't know what's going on. And then as soon as Bailey ran through and touched yeah. her granddaughter's hand, yeah, she was like, oh, that's why I'm here. Yeah. And her face lit up. And that is, you know, that's a demographic and a type of thing that WWE did not have before recent years. My wife is, if you want to talk about a casual fan, the preeminent casual fan. And she said, hey, come and get me when the NXT women's match is happening. The UK right. women's match is happening. She watched Rhea Ripley. She became a fan of Rhea Ripley the other day. Rhea Ripley is a frigging prodigy. She's 22. She's just turned 22. Yeah. And she already knows everything that she needs to know already. And she's only going to get better. Tony Storm as well is like a, literally a year older than Rhea Ripley. They're, they are so polished already. Like I, I can only imagine six, seven years from now when you have women like that who are up on the main roster – it's crazy to me. The youngest of the of the current crop is is Sasha, who's twenty six. I, I say this a lot. You know, we we cover MMA, boxing, all that stuff. We cover some amateur wrestling. I've hand a hand and all that stuff. I've trained in all that stuff. I've covered all that stuff. Most of my eggs are in the pro wrestling basket, and I couldn't be more thrilled that my eggs are in that pro wrestling basket because there's more good content of that than anything. Like there's. No, if somebody likes pro wrestling, there is something that exists for them right now that they are going to like. WWE has five brands, Alex. Yeah. A few years ago, when I got into covering pro wrestling and I decided to make it my full-time thing, there was FCW, which didn't really have a lot of TV, and there was WWE. Mm -hmm. And that was it from the WWE spectrum. Raw, SmackDown, 205, NXT, NXT UK. Right now, people are getting paid to not be on TV right now. <laughs> the and the fifth brand, the youngest, might be the hottest right now with 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 a forthcoming Walter versus Pete Dunn feud that will singe your eyebrows off mm-hmm. from across the Atlantic. Like that's going to be crazy. So uh, I mean, I'm 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 all here for it. With the all Elite announcement and yeah, the, them working hand in hand with MLW, I've had people who worked the independent circuit and kind of stopped, who have told me, I'm doing it again. Yeah. Why wouldn't I do it again yeah. if I could get halfway decent or or excel at this? Because you're going to get dates somewhere. You're going to get picked up somewhere. Yeah. While the regional MMA scene, I think has dro- like regional events have dropped 13% over the last five years. Now, I don't think that's, that's a big collapse in MMA. They had a really good buy rate with the John Jones pay-per-view recently, 700,000. That's a damn good buy rate, but man, you, you see that, and it's it's a healthy time for this, even though the viewership numbers aren't great. I can tell you guys, this episode of Post-Raw Fightful, like, uh, I don't know, a year ago, we were doing about half what we're doing now. Yeah. That's not just Fightful growth. That's interest in pro wrestling. That's 
interest in, in some of this. Now, if WWE can get firing on all cylinders, or I don't know, firing on a couple of them. Yeah, half of half cylinders. Half of yeah. the cylinders. Yeah. If they, they started doing that, boy, I can't imagine how things would be. Guys, leave us a thumbs up. Subscribe. Hit up at Get Blue Chew. Tell them you heard about them from us. Uh, we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. Can't tell you how important podcast sponsors are. I want to thank OMG. I cook with Gee. Hit up omg.com. They uh, hit us with a sponsor or a a uh, donation on the Super Chat, and I want to thank them so much. Good people over there. Follow us on Twitter, all that good stuff, but most importantly, FightfulWrestling.com. We're back post-Smackdown. We went a little long tonight. Me and Alex got passionate towards the end. But wait, wait, I didn't even cover the end of Raw. It's true. We didn't get as passionate as John Cena did. John Cena. I thought John Cena was going to pull out like a hair doll of <laughs> Finn Balor after this. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, I thought it was, yeah, just, can I, can I touch your abs, Finn? Uh, it just, it felt, it felt a little John much. Cena for sure has a dog named Finn. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> or at the very least, a stuffed animal that he puts at the foot of his bed to protect him. Yes. Like something like that. Yeah. No. Yeah. That was raw. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate every single one of you. It is late. It is a Monday night. You guys are here with us. Uh, but if you're not here live, we are on podcast platforms everywhere. Thank you all so much. We're out.